0: It's not about results. It's not about finish lines or destinations. It's about the journey that we all take. It's about the road less traveled that seeks not to circumvent, but rather to embrace all the obstacles, the failures, the toil, the pain, the tears, the sweat, the missteps, the doubt, and the fear to the fullest and without compromise.
1: That's Rich Roll. And this is the Depression Detox Show. Detox show where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Joseph's Happy Friday. I appreciate you joining me today for our last episode of 2022. Can you believe it? And today we have someone I truly respect and honor in the podcasting space. I think he is he's arguably one of the best interviewers that I've ever listened to, ever. And he's a vegan ultra endurance athlete, a popular speaker, author, and fellow podcaster. And in today's episode, he talks about the effect of our current fast-paced, on-demand, quick hack, Amazon two-day ship, matter of fact, same-day shipping culture that is harming our sense of self-worth, and even worse, is diminishing our sense of fulfillment. And I can talk circuitously on this topic, but this clip is already longer than it usually is, so I'll be sure to riff on this topic on a future clip. And for right now, let's jump right into this one with Rich Roll. Enjoy.
0: Unfortunately, we live in an incredibly shortcut obsessed society, uh, increasingly defined by shrinking attention spans and this demand for instant gratification. All you have to do is look at how Netflix or video on demand killed the video store. And our next thing, the next obsession that we're about to enter into is Amazon one hour delivery by drone, right? (laughs) Like, do we really need this? It's insane, right? Uh, What is happening is that privilege has become entitlement. We've developed this birthright to overnight six-pack abs and professional success, envious wealth, limitless free time, and in some ways, I suspect even salvation. And this trend can be boiled down to one term. It is the meme that is beyond reproach. It is the meme that is enjoying irresistible staying power on every corner of the internet. It's the hack, right? We've all heard the term hack, but what is a hack? What are we talking about here? Well, a hack really is nothing more than leveraging a good idea, right? It's a strategy to expedite proficiency in a particular skill or discipline on a fraction of the time required for mastery. It's the 80-20 rule. 80% of the results on 20% of the time and the effort. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. That's pretty cool, actually. But what's amazing is this entire movement that has blossomed around this idea, right? Hashtag life biohacking, weight loss hack, fitness hack, diet hack, hack your kids, hack your wife, right? <laughs> what is going on? Google any derivation of this term and see what comes up, and it's amazing, actually. There are even entire conferences built around this concept, like, how to hack publishing to hit the New York Times bestseller list, or how to hack email lists to make millions online while you're sailing across the Mediterranean, or how to hack your job and delegate all of your responsibilities to overseas virtual assistants. (laughs) But what's kind of harder to find is just what it takes to write a great book that actually deserves to be on the New York Times bestseller list, right? Or what constitutes a quality product that would be worthy of selling? Or how to best channel all of this time suddenly freed up by virtue of delegating all your responsibilities overseas? (laughs) So this is nothing new, of course. The hack is a mere modern vernacular reframing of practices and marketing techniques that date back to the snake oil salesmen and carnival barkers of yore, promising everything from miracle cures to deliverance with a sharp, convincing preacher's tongue that has us impulsively forking over our hard-earned coin to the profit of the moment. But the acute nature of this particular modern rush is something distinctively new. And I think it's kind of disturbing. It used to be an insult to call somebody a hack. (laughs) Suddenly it's high praise. (laughs) So what does that say about us, that a term so historically pejorative has suddenly become aspirational. My personal opinion is that somewhere along the line, we've lost the thread. Somewhere along the line, the hack became the destination rather than the tool, and that's insane. That's like becoming obsessed with a table saw rather than the process of using it to make a beautiful piece of furniture. Destinations. Personally, I don't give a about destinations. I rarely think about what it was like to cross the finish line at any of the races or endurance challenges that I've done. I couldn't tell you what I was doing or where I was when my book finally hit bookstore shelves. Because a life of meaning, a life well-lived, it's not about results. It's not about finish lines or destinations. It's about the journey that we all take. It's about the road-less travel that seeks not to circumvent, but rather to embrace all the obstacles, the failures, the toil, the pain, the tears, the sweat, the missteps, the doubt and the fear to the fullest and without compromise. It's really easy and sexy to frame a narrative of the overnight success story. You can look at WhatsApp, American Idol, Instagram even, and you'll notice how the media can twist reality to amplify ratings or multiply page views. But the idea of the overnight success story really is anything but. I mean, let's look at WhatsApp, right? According to the media, this is two guys who were rejected by Twitter and by Facebook who came up with an idea for an app and overnight sold it to Facebook for $19 billion. Of course, that's not the whole story. Of course, the media doesn't want you to focus on the 20 shared years of toiling in obscurity that these guys endured, five years of which was spent on WhatsApp alone. Peek behind the curtain on any so-called instantaneous triumph and you are certain to find an objective truth that does not meet the neatly packaged narrative because every genuine sustainable success is birthed only by virtue of incredible persistence, interminable patience, a million defeats, rabid dedication and unrelenting passion. For the sake of argument, let's suspend reality for a moment. Let's assume that we really could circumvent these admittedly unsexy, yet time-tested notions of hard work and patience and dedication that are required to achieve prosperity or health or life satisfaction. Spoiler alert, there is no such thing, but I'm up here and you're over there, so you're going to go on this journey with me, right? (laughs) So we're going to do this. Uh, Well, if you want to achieve the minimum aptitude threshold in a particular skill or discipline, so you can tell your friends you know how to do something or you did something, hack away. Implement the shortcut. Rush to accomplish the task. Check the box. Bucket list item 54 done. Moving on to the next hack, right? (laughs) But when you go home that night, and you rest your head on that pillow, and you're all alone, just you and your thoughts, nobody else, (laughs) wants you to ask yourself this one question. How did that experience make you feel? Truly, be honest with yourself. And if you're like me, the answer is, well, really not much of anything. And if anything, kind of a little bit empty. But now let's examine what happens when you decide to devote yourself entirely to becoming the very best that you could be at something you are inherently passionate about. What happens then? This is the anti-hack I call mastery. Suddenly the heart starts to beat faster, right? The palms are sweating, what's going on? Ooh, maybe it's excitement, maybe. But more likely, it's fear because total dedication, total commitment, well, that is about as scary as it gets, truly. Because if you take that risk, if you put yourself completely on the line and fail or succeed, dude, you are gonna have to reckon with yourself. And that is truly terrifying. When I was 12 years old, I was a terrible student. I was horribly uncoordinated. I was a repeat victim of bullying on the (laughs) playground. I was the kid who was always picked last for kickball. Nonetheless, by the time I was 18, I was a world-ranked swimmer. I got into all the colleges I applied to. I was in a very fortunate position of having to say no to Harvard so I could go to Stanford instead. What was my hack? How did I rig the system to achieve that result? I busted my ass. I got up at 4.30 every morning to go swim practice before school, swim practice after school, and studied late into the night, there was no shortcuts. There was only an obsession with transcending my life circumstance at the time. In my 20s, alcoholism killed my dreams. Then it nearly killed me. In my 30s, I was able to get sober, but I was able to achieve sobriety only because I prioritized my sobriety above everything else. Had I tried to hack it or find a shortcut in my recovery, most likely, I'd be dead. I certainly wouldn't be standing up here. The best-case scenario is I'd be living a miserable life somewhere as a drunk. Then by 39, I had succumbed to a sober, yet highly disillusioned middle-life malaise. I was hopelessly addicted to fast food, unhealthy lifestyle habits, I was 50 pounds overweight, and I was on a crash course with depression, obesity, and heart disease. So it was time once again for another radical life transformation. At the age of 42, I was able to do it. I was named one of the 25 fittest men in the world by Men's Fitness magazine. Like, as an aside, please, I I don't believe that I'm actually one of, of, or or ever was, one of the 25 fittest (laughs) men in the world. But... When you have a book that you're trying to sell, this is very effective. That's a pro tip for free. I was given that title because I I did quite well at a race called Ultraman. It's this ludicrous double Ironman triathlon. It's a 320-mile insane race all the way around the island of Hawaii, and I did fairly well in that. The following year, I went on to do the Epic Five that Jason kind of introduced me with, five Ironmans on five Hawaiian islands in five days. We were trying to do it in five days. It took a little bit longer, about seven days. It was something that a friend and I attempted that no one else had ever even tried. We were the first people to ever do it. So how do you go from a guy who's 39, 50 pounds overweight, to this super fit guy in his 40s? What's the hack there? Tell me the shortcut. What's the secret smoothie that you drink in the morning? The secret workout. (laughs) right? No, I busted my ass. It's completely committed to changing my life. I devoted myself completely to this. That's the hack. So looking back, it all seems to make perfect sense how events unfolded in my life to take me from where I was to where I am today. But you have to understand that in the midst of it all, it was never linear. It was generally a chaotic, terrifying madness, teetering on disaster all the time and punctuated by countless lows and gut-wrenching come-to-Jesus moments. My favorite story from this period of my life was the time I was five hours into an eight-hour training ride getting ready for my first Ultraman race, and I bonked. Bonking is cycling parlance for when you run out of energy. And it's not, it doesn't mean just being tired. It means you're lightheaded, you can't see straight, like you can't go any further. I was in the middle of nowhere. I kind of pulled up in front of a grungy roadside hamburger stand, I had no food on me. I had no money on me. I had a debit card, but the problem is my bank account was overdrawn. We were in a financial crisis at the time. I was starving, I was lightheaded, and I was too embarrassed and too ashamed to ask for help or to ask for some free food. So I resorted to going behind the restaurant and dumpster diving for half-eaten french fries just so I could get some calories in me and crawl my way home on the bike. It sounds kind of funny now. Actually, it sounds pathetic, but (laughs) it was pathetic. Uh, But the irony is that looking back on that experience, that's one of my favorite memories. I think about that day all the time. I think about that day way more than I think about what it was like to cross a finish line or any other successes that I've had in my life. It's an extremely valuable memory that I would not change for anything. Because failure or success or at least the prospect of failure or success, this is what gives our lives proper context. Towering emotional and spiritual stakes that fertilize our soul for quantum growth, irrespective of outcome. And growth is everything. But growth can only result from earned investment in experience. So fear Commitment, these aren't things to be avoided or short-circuited or things we're trying to find a hack or a shortcut around. These are things to be embraced, embraced with everything that you have and everything that you are. The journey is hard. The journey is painful. It's not linear. It's not glossy. And it will never trend on Twitter. That's a guarantee. But if you aspire to your own personal sense of greatness, if you aspire to push the envelope on what you're capable of, then forget about the hack. Instead, invest in mastery. Learn how to toil in obscurity. Hold yourself publicly accountable for your goals. Let go of perfection. Detach from results. Allow yourself to fail and fail and fail again. And when all is lost, you pick yourself up off the floor and you go the extra mile. The limits that we impose upon ourselves, these are mental projections. They are illusions. We must embrace the very real possibility that we are so much more than we allow ourselves to be right? I can't promise you that this path will translate into success the way that our society inappropriately defines the term. Financial reward, fancy friends, accolades. I can't even promise you a single Facebook like. (laughs) More likely than not, derision will be what you will receive, and I've received a lot of that over the time. But... I can absolutely guarantee you that this exploration will infuse your life with a sense of meaning and a sense of purpose that no destination via shortcut could ever rival. Happiness. Now, I'm not talking about happiness in the sense of unicorns and rainbows. I'm talking about a deep satisfaction that your life has value a value that can be shared, shared as inspiration, in service to others who feel stuck in their lives, imprisoned by a thinking mind that is hardwired to prioritize the illusion of security and the illusion of comfort over the pricelessness of adventure and experience. Nothing changes if nothing changes. And the journey to figuring out the how, that is the path to figuring out the big it. This is the art of living with purpose. And this is what it means to be truly alive. A promise no hack can give you, not now, not ever.
1: Big thanks to Rich Rowe for stopping by and the take-home message in today's talk is when it comes to our goals for next year, it's important to be immersed in the day-to-day, in the moment-to-moment instead of concentrating on that big, audacious goal that we're aiming for in 2023. And, And the goal is to keep Our goal as our North Star, but to focus on and embrace the journey because in the end, it's all about what we endure throughout the journey that will make achieving the goal that much more fulfilling in the end. So if you'd like to connect with Rich Roll, you can go to his website, richroll.com. That is his Instagram. That is his YouTube and he has a few books that he's authored, the latest being Voicing Change, volume number two. And lastly, his podcast, which I highly recommend that you check out. And if you're into video, I recommend that you check out the YouTube channel and his podcast is entitled The Rich Roll Podcast. And there'll be links to everything I just mentioned, along with a link to the entire talk that will be in the show description below. And when you get a chance, please follow the show wherever you get your podcast, share it, or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts. I appreciate you for it. And that is a wrap for me. I appreciate you. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. I hope you have an amazing weekend and I'm wishing you a happy, Happy New Year's. Be safe, enjoy, and I'll see you back here Monday. So, until then, stay strong. Later.